Welcome to This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Please enjoy your session. My name is Gina Glazimitsky. Welcome back to another episode of This Was Cheaper Than Therapy, guys. I'm a little annoyed today. It's been a it's been a day. We've had a lot going on. My in-laws, bless their souls, they are just the most wonderful people. They really are. They come over every once in a while and they watch my girls and I get to leave my house by myself, sons, my two joyful little, wonderful little ball and chains, and go get some shit done, right? Like on mama's time, I get to go to Ikea. I get to go get my vagina wax. I get to go get a massage. I get to go run errands or do schoolwork or whatever my heart desires. It is a wonderful thing, and I am so lucky to have this opportunity afforded to me. That is not what mama got to do today. She had to drive herself to the TSA lost and found at Boston Logan Airport to retrieve her husband's abandoned luggage. Let me give you some backstory. A couple days ago, my husband is flying to California for a work engagement. He is currently consulting for a company out there. Wonderful. He travels back and forth. He's here. He's there. He's Oprah. He's fucking everywhere. This man has an early morning flight. He had to get out to California on a weekend. There's com- the company's going through some things. Yada, yada, yada. This man travels 30 times a year. And that fact is important for this story. He leaves the house. Early in the morning, he gets there. He's got his travel routine down to a science now. Gets to TSA. The guy working the belt, bless his heart, is brand new. And pulls every bag on the line because he doesn't know the difference between a handgun and a sleep apnea machine. He has no idea if you're smuggling cocaine or if you've got a pack of diapers in your luggage. He has no clue what is going on. So he pulls everybody's luggage, including my husband's. Normal people, it's not a problem because they have left themselves time, get there early, maybe I want to grab a snack, maybe I want to get an Evian, a little spritz, spritz before I get on the plane, stop at the Mac store, get some lip line, or do whatever. Not my husband. My husband's idea of travel plans is to be able to Walk onto the plane as it is taking off. Literally. That's not a joke. His idea of the seventh circle of hell is getting to the airport early, being timely and sensible, and waiting around 15, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, even if it's an hour, for his plane to start boarding. Like the worst thing that could happen to him. So he gets to TSA. They pull his bag. He goes over to the guy. Hey, guy. Hey, guy. Hey, guy. My flight's in like five minutes. Um, do you think you can bump my bag up in the in the checking line so you can go through all my stuff, realize it's just a face mask, and, you know, I'm not smuggling cash from Colombia. Yeah, sure. Like, let me, let me talk to the other guy, and we'll see what we can do for you. They move his bag along, but not in time for him to stick around to let it be checked, and to take it with him on his merry way. This man, 
my husband abandons his luggage at the TSA checkpoint. Let me give that to you again. He's boarding a flight, a cross-country flight, a coast-to-coast flight. And he has the audacity. If men don't have anything, they have the audacity to leave his luggage at TSA and say, fuck it, I don't need it. That luggage contains his car keys, his folio, um, all of his clothing, toiletries, all the things. Leaves it there. Oh, we'll figure it out. It's fine. He runs down there. Hey, my bag's at TSA. Can I go back? She's like, absolutely not. Get on this plane right now or I'll have you put on a no-fly list. He gets on. He gets on the plane and proceeds to text me. I woke up to 24 text messages. If I wake up to 24 text messages, I panic. Before I even look at what they have to say, I flip the fuck out. I assume that someone has died, that there has been a horrible accident. The aliens have invaded. It's full on Independence Day on this planet. Something horrible and catastrophic has happened. 24 text messages of my husband in a flying panic. You have to go to TSA, call Logan Airport. I need you to find this. I'm like, why is this my fucking problem? Why did you abandon your bag at TSA? You're flying to Los Angeles. You mean to tell me that there were no flights in the next six hours, six hours, two hours. It's like a bus route. There's There's a plane every 45 minutes going from Boston to LA. What are you talking about? You couldn't miss that flight. You decided to abandon your bag at TSA. You couldn't rebook. You don't even pay for the travel. Like, what are you doing? I was pissed. Pissed. It was a Saturday morning. I was looking forward to hanging out with my children. We were going to go. Uh, we have a local, a local farm that we like to frequent. Nope. Can't go see the sheep. Got to go to Logan Airport. Before I embark on my journey, I'm like, you know, let me give, let me give TSA a little call. And thank God I did. They are not open on Saturdays because of the Rona. They are only open on Tuesdays and Thursdays and they do not take live calls. So you have to call in, leave your information with your email. They either call or email you back and you go from there. Okay. Leave all my shit on the voicemail. They email me back. They ask me for all my information and I write them a scathing email about my idiot ass husband And his luggage leaving ways. Like, I'm so sorry. I know you have to deal. You deal with these things. And I'm very sorry. I have to mail this shit to my husband in California. What can I do? Please help me. With something along those lines. I get an email back. They're like, this is not helpful. I'm like, okay. Well, what do you need from me? They ask me all all this information. The name, the flight number, the picture of the luggage, description, blah, 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 blah. Great, it's at this point I reveal it. it's not my luggage, it's my husband's luggage. And they reveal to me that it's a fucking problem. That is a problem. Oh, we're in the business of security. We can't release information about property to someone who doesn't own the property. 
We're going to need to FedEx your husband some documents in California. So sign them and send them back. And we need you to bring six forms of ID. And I'm really sorry. God forbid. It became a fucking dumpster fire of a situation. So things get cleared up. My husband signs the things. He gives them the information, whatever. My in-laws come over today to watch my kids. I leave. I've got all this shit I have to do. I got to mail checks. I got to do school things. I got to record this podcast. I've got to go to the airport. I have to do all kinds of shit. I get to the airport. Excuse me. I get to TSA. TSA lost and found. I go in there. I put on some makeup. I look nice. You know, it's not a common occurrence these days. I don't put on makeup constantly anymore, obviously. So I get there, I go in, and a man comes out. His name is Stan. Initially, I thought Stan was a fucking dick. Five foot eight, pants hiked to the heavens, nipples in the waistband, buffalo plaid button-up shirt, which was clearly a cry for help. This man had not received any sexual gratification since the Reagan administration, and he was pissed. Took his job way too seriously. Came out with a clipboard. I was like, what? listen, Stan, Stan does it. You and, you and I are going to have to come to some kind of agreement. Because I am not leaving here without this luggage. Stan comes out of the office in all of his glory. And he begins to tell me, you have to go here by appointment only, by the way. Appointment only. You can't just show up. So if you lose something at TSA, let me know and I'll give you their number. Buzz in, whatever. Hi, I'm here. Stan comes out. Proceeds to tell me that he has no evidence of a conversation with me or my husband or any documents that he had to sign. None of it. I'm like, Stan, what the fuck? Stan, look at my emails. You see this? This, this looks like a, like a superior of yours. His name is Matt, I believe. Do you see this? Do you see this? He's like, well, I don't have any confirmation on my end. I'm like, Stan, you and I are about to go WWE style SmackDown. 10 rounds, cage match. You and me, UFC. I will scissor kick you to the back of the fucking head. I swear to God. I am not leaving here without that piece of luggage. Try me, Stan. Try me. Me and Stan end up coming to an understanding. I turn on the charm a little bit. I'm like, Stan, please, listen. My husband is so stupid. He's not. He's not at all. He's actually like really not dumb. This is a very calculated decision on his part, which is partially the reason I'm pissed. But I had to play the dumb husband card. You understand. You get it. You get it. So I'm like, Stan, my husband is so stupid. Please help me. I can't even. I, I don't know what to do. He's dumb. And I have two kids. And I just. He leaves his shit everywhere. I can't believe he has lost one of the kids. He loses his luggage. Like who does that? And Stan. You could tell that when I started going down the road. Of like he leaves his shit everywhere. He doesn't. My, again, he's a super organized person. But you understand I had to, you know, play this role for the for the man so you could tell that when I went down the rabbit hole of um my husband leaves his shit everywhere and he's like oh 
I understand. You have no idea what I deal with on a day-to-day basis. I'm like, yeah, Stan, tell me. Tell me all about it. Tell me about your work here at the TSA. It's so interesting. You collect things. You you pick up other people's uh, other people's lost belongings. You're like a troll that lives under a bridge. Do I have to answer a riddle to get this back from you? Stan. Stan. You live such an interesting life. Oh my god, tell me. You have bins of laptops? <gasps> oh, speakers? What? And then he goes on, you know, into this crescendo about how yeah, and then we have to send all electronics to the federal government and D.C., and then they wipe them, and there's this charity program with the schools, and they donate all the electronics to the schools and speakers. And, you know, they've even found jewelry. I'm like, Stan, no. Jewelry? Oh. Earrings? Oh, God. If I lost my earrings, I, I would just feel like a fool. These people are crazy. He's like, I know. Like, Stan, listen, listen, Stan. Let me answer your riddle. Just hit me with it. I'm really good at riddles. I didn't say that, but you know. We came to some kind of understanding. I showed him my ID and matched the last name on the flight log. Chain of command was broken, but he was feeling generous. It's Corona. It's the whole thing. Stan is a lovely man. Love you, Stan. You're going to get an edible arrangement from me. I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but I'm a little under the weather and have been for, you know, a few days now. It's, I'm fine. I will recover. But you can hear my super sexual 1-900 back page voice in this microphone. And you're like, no, but you sound like a nasally, vapid valley girl hoe. And that's fine. I understand it's not your thing. It's okay. There really isn't much sex appeal here these days. I, I fully am aware of that. But that really did kind of add to my frustration. At the time of the offense, by offense, I mean the leaving of the luggage, I was a little under the weather. I wasn't feeling great. And when I called TSA to leave the voicemail, I sounded like I had a fucking laryngectomy. I sounded like a robot. R2-D2 up in this bitch. It was not cute. It just wasn't. It really wasn't. So I'm recording this from my car. Hmm. Um, it's really, really awkward. I am podcasting from my vehicle today. Um, like I said previously, I have a lot of errands to do. And if you're wondering what podcasting looks like from your car... You're just cruising down the, the mass pike with a microphone in your hand, waving to all the people in four o'clock traffic here with you. Hi, hi, sir. How are you? Yes, ma'am. Yes, we, we are broadcasting uh, the prices right from, from my SUV. Yeah. Yeah, no, hi. Hi, hello. Yeah, this microphone is is live. Yeah, you're you're on TV right now. Okay, yeah, that's great. Why is it that every single car that I've ever owned, it, it was a one-seater? I'm looking around my car right now. Holy shit. There is so much stuff in this car. It's like kid shit. And I've got like a big thing, a cheesecake factory right here because these are my days to eat like a garbage human. 
fucking cheesecake factory. There's a giant Amazon box. Everything. Like I could never, like I could never be that bitch that's like, oh hey Sharon, yeah you want to go for coffee? Oh I'll just come by and swoop you up and let's head out and we'll ride off into the sunset together. It's like no, I need like a solid forty five minute head start. Um, because I need to clean all of the shit out of my car. Does anybody else feel this way? It's just like I, I, I can I can never I could never just be prepared all the time. And you know what's funny? I actually clean my car all the time. It just gets so full. It just gets so full of shit. So fast. And I, I'm gonna blame it on the kids. Yeah, it's their fault. Um, like everything else, I'm gonna blame it on my children. Um and half of it really is theirs, and that's fine. But it's mostly like that's like books and you know, like little toys and stuff, the boxes, and just like the shame and the guilt and the regret and the tapatio and like the flip flop and the spork. All of that is me, one hundred percent. If my husband ever listens to this, he'll be so mad. He just bought me a new car. <laughs> Shameless flex. And he's like, if you don't keep this fucking thing clean, I swear to God, I'm going to take your keys away. And you'll be driving the 2003 Highlander hybrid that we have um, as your daily driver. And I will be driving this beautiful new vehicle that I bought you. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Threats. Yes. Yes. Okay. But for real though. I am actually in general a very neat person like my house is pretty well organized um, my car is kind of my messy place it's where I like to go to just kind of let loose I'm a very um, ritualistic person I thrive in a structured environment but not too structured because then I feel restricted and controlled and like I can't spread my wings and fly away and just you know live my best life and that's not healthy for me either because she loves a good creativity moment but my car is where things get like super messy and I find it so funny that guys are always in denial about this it's like no way my girlfriend's not like that uh, she's so hot I'm like yeah okay go out to her car right now pull up the center console I bet she didn't know her car came with a fucking time capsule do it I dare you your world will be rocked the foundation of everything you know will be shattered I said what I said Go do it. Seamless transition. Uh, my children and I, the other night, were hanging out, doing doing family things. We did bath time. We do it, you know, semi-regularly. And after bath time is always movie time. And, you know, my girls, I have two daughters. They're the cutest things in the world. They are perfection. They are joy. They are sunshine. They are just beauty, heaven, angels, perfection. Did I say that already? Probably. But it should be said twice because they're amazing. I do. I love my kids. Um, but they're also bougie little bitches. Yes. So after bath time, we do movie time. And um, <clears throat> we make it into kind of a thing, right? Like they're just like, we'll go and, you know, hang out in bed and we'll, you know, have a cheat stick or two. And, you know, their demands 
and that's the right word, demands have been getting a little bit more, um, they've been getting a little bit more, hey, hey, mom, mom, <laughs> oh, yeah, over here, okay, uh, thanks, eye contact, okay, um, <clears throat> me and Nana will have, will have a cheese, a cheese, but excuse me, please don't walk away. We'll have um, a cheese stick, but not the mozzarella. No, if you could rustle me up a Colby Jack, that yeah, Colby Jack or maybe a camembert, maybe a cracker, some fig jam. Yeah, well, you know what? We'll just take a whole fucking charcuterie plate. Cool, thanks. Also, I'm sorry, Miss. Could you just just come back here one second? I'm also gonna need two waters, sippy cups, no plastic, metal. Okay. Yeah, thanks so much. Their requests are getting a little out of hand. I'm not going to lie. For people, two people who are sub five, their requests are very highbrow, if you will. So on this particular night, we did bath time. We did movie time. And their request during bath time, they wanted essential oils and Epsom salts. And uh, my three-year-old let me know that she would like a candle lit. Uh, so we had an aromatherapy bath. After the bath, she also asked to use my $65 a bottle uh, vanilla dry oil to, to moisturize post-bath. Tucked herself in in her nice, beautiful terry cloth robe. Put on a Moana. Moana, maybe you've heard of it. It's a, it's a beautiful film, lots of awards. Put on Moana and requested quesadillas to be served in bed. I'm like, bitch. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like that my kids are a little bougie. I'm not going to lie. Not because, let me make this very clear. Not because I'm like, yes, my kids are so much better than yours. I, I don't. Th no, that's no, they're not. I promise you that they're not better than anybody's kids. Um, they are going to end up eating goldfish off the floor of my car and three-month-old french fries like every other child. Like, my kids are not better. They do all the same things. Everybody goes through the same things with their kids. I don't care who the fuck you are. Everybody goes through the same things. And do not let anybody tell you otherwise. Sorry, small mom rant. Because this really pisses me off. I... I simultaneously love the mom community and fucking hate the mom community because I know full well that some of these bitches who hear this podcast, if they ever do, they're like, uh, you know what? McKenna and Juliana's mom seems a little uh, unhinged and you will not be playing at their house. I promise you, I am the most normal, functional, healthy human being you've ever met in your life from a psychological standpoint. It took me a lot of time to get there, but I have reached the promised land and Ultimately, it is my firm belief I will do less psychological damage to my children than you will, Bethany, okay, you judgmental bitch. But anyway, that's not what I wanted to say. People in the mom community like to speak about things in absolute truths. And I feel like that narrative is such bullshit. It's like, oh, you will be experiencing this with your two and a half year old. Oh, as a new mom, you will not get any sleep. Oh, you know, at this age, this is definitely going to happen and you are going to hate your kid. I'm like, 
to be honest with you, the advice I got my, the number one thing I tell new moms is don't take anybody's advice, including mine. And I understand how fucking hypocritical it is that I'm not giving you advice, but don't take anybody's advice because your situation and your circumstances and your child and your lifestyle and all of your own individual all of your own individual circumstances are going to dictate what your experience is like. If you go into it, truthfully, I, I believe this in the core of my soul, if you go into it thinking that it is going to be shitty and hard and difficult and your marriage is going to suffer and you're going to suffer and you're going to cave and you're going to do all this, then that will happen. I fucking promise you that. If you go into this thinking it's going to be a hell of an experience, it, that will that'll absolutely manifest itself 100%. I went into parenthood thinking, you know what? This baby's not going to die. <laughs> like I'm not going to let that happen. Come what may, we will figure it out. I had confidence in myself, and that is the key word, the C word, confidence. Have confidence in yourself as a mom. That is the best gift you can give to your kids. You may not always have it figured out, and that's fine, but have confidence in yourself, mom. Anyway, end rant. Where the fuck did I start this? Oh, my kids are better than everybody. No, my kids are not better than everybody, but I like that they're a little bougie. And I like that they're a little bougie because it teaches them, one, to take care of themselves. And two, to have standards. And three, self-care. And I, these are things I would like to raise my children with. Okay, so if that means that they get aromatherapy baths and they eat organic things sometimes and they get like special lotion and they like the nicer things, I'm fine with that. That's not materialism. That is teaching your children an extremely valuable lesson about standards very early in their life so they don't have to get walked all over in their early 20s by a dude named Chad with a fucking faux hawk who wears khakis. And they can just skip right to the good stuff that we all learned in our late 20s and early 30s, you know, all the things. To have standards and to love yourself first and to treat yourself well. Because the way you treat yourself is the way that people are going to treat you. So, moving on. My children are in my 800 thread count sheets, eating quesadillas, watching Moana, having a grand old fucking time. And uh, mom... It's trying to enjoy some nice, you know, cuddle time with my kids, just hanging out. Now, if you've met my children in person, you would think that my older one, my three-year-old, is the wild one. And she is in her own way. But my younger one, <laughs> my one-and-a-half-year-old, is the true freak of the week. She is a little sneaky and a little unexpected, um, but she is mischievous as fuck and very curious. My older one is much more um, is much more security driven. She's not super curious about. Oh, that's not true. She's very curious about things, but she knows her limits. My younger one is ready to sacrifice her body at any time. She will put her body on the line to make the play. That is the football reference. If you get it, then great. If you don't, I'm sorry. What I'm trying to say is my younger one has no fear. My older one is fear. My younger one has no fear. 
we're laying in bed. We're enjoying Moana. Quesadillas have been eaten. Everyone smells like vanilla. It's a wonderful thing. Beautiful. All of a sudden, my 18-month-old child is scaling my body. She is free soloing my ass. And she's extremely quick. She is a peanut. She's a tiny little thing. She's fast and scrappy. And she knows how to work the angles and get herself up there. And she could do it very quickly. So I'm sitting there. I lose track of uh, track of her for a minute. She's, I'm looking around. I'm like, where? where and all of a sudden, her foot is in my nostril. And then her elbow is in my eye socket. And she's standing on the top of my head. And in one fluid motion, she gets her little ass foot up to the top ledge of my headboard, which is a good eight to 10 inches above the top of my head. And she hoists her ass up there. And she is now Lord of the bedroom. Literally, she's standing up there like Jesus on the cross. And I'm like, okay. Uh, that happened real quick. It didn't feel good, but it happened real quick. But I can't turn around because I know if I do, I will have a panic attack. My small child is standing eight feet above the floor. And um, that's generally a recipe for disaster. So before I can whip my head around and devise an exit strategy for this bitch, she decides to trust fall. Face first. Hands out in front of her to break said fall, hands land directly in my uterus. If you know anything about small children, you know the pain that accompanies their little arms and their little hands and their little knees and feet, just pressure point into your body. The entirety of a child's anatomy is a pressure point just imagine you're giving someone the people's elbow and all of that pressure that downward pressure is concentrated in that very small elbow bone that is what 100 percent of toddler hands feel like a fucking elbow and when she is falling from 48 inches at a rate of t minus 46 plus 72 equals emc squared feet per second It hurts. It fucking hurts. My vagina dries up thinking about it. Oh, that pain. I don't even know how to describe it, but I'm pretty sure I I am no longer able to have any more children. Like, I'm pretty sure she took care of that. Um, If ever there was, you know, a debate about having a third baby, I don't even know that it's possible now. Uh, because my one and a half year old gave me a hysterectomy effectively. So that was super fun. Um, that was a good night we had, you know, I'm seeing this really alarming trend on social media. Um, let me know if you've seen it too. So those of you who know me in real life or on the gram, you know, (laughs) at Gina Glazimitsky at this was cheaper than therapy, shameless plug. You've seen me cook, or I have cooked for you, and you know that it is something I enjoy. And I'm not, you know, necessarily like great at it. Some things I'm really good at. Some things I just do with great enthusiasm. Execution is lacking, but the the passion is there, and that's half the battle. Anyway. On social media, I am seeing 
something I call slop stew. Have you guys seen it? It's like the recipe reads as follows. It's a can of ground beef. It's a can of potatoes. It's a can of shitty green beans. It's a bag of peas. It's a bag of corn. It's some frozen spinach. You throw it on the pan with some salt. You cover it with butter. You boil it for 45 minutes. You add some pasta. Sprinkle some cheese on top. And it's dog shit. Literal dog shit. I have vomited things that are more appetizing than what the fuck you just put in that bowl, Suzanne. You're serving that to your family? Listen, no shade. I'm not trying to like... (laughs) Yeah, oh my God, just because we can't eat all, you know, vegan, organic, you know, blah, 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 whatever, farm to table, so cute. Like, I'm not trying to shame anybody, but you're literally just pouring cans of shit into a pot, heating it up, adding elbow macaroni, smothering it in cheese, and serving it to your fucking kids like a goddamn gourmet meal. And I am done with it. Like, do you know how easy it is to throw together a chicken noodle? insanely easy dm me for the recipe i could literally do it in my sleep really grinds my gears really pisses me off stop doing that disgusting speaking of food i was uh patronizing my favorite grocery store the other day trader joe's shout out uh where everybody is fucking happy and on on xanax 24 7 365 I have never seen anybody have a bad day in a Trader Joe's. Everybody who works there is unnecessarily happy. It's toxic positivity town, USA. And um, I like it only in Trader Joe's. If you try and act that way around me in the real world, I get very nervous. Um, That's just not some shit I fuck with. I can't take like that weird... Oh my God, you're getting bagels. Oh my God, drop an egg in that basket, smother it with cream cheese, add some logs, it's fucking delicious. They just like comment on everything in your shopping cart, like every single thing. And that energy does not translate well to the outside world, but that's fine. I like it in the Trader Joe's atmosphere, except Nebula about how she believes that, you know, their sprouted wheat bread is better than everybody else's sprouted wheat bread because they use wheat sprouts from non-genetically modified space termites and it grows in the soil from Mars and, oh my God, like you have, you cannot, you can't go back to regular bread. It will fucking kill you. It's a conspiracy by the government. They're going to fucking kill you. They're trying to take over the world with bread. We have the only safe bread. Buy our bread. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why I turn everything into either A, a conspiracy, or B, being about aliens in space everything for me I swear to God like it's just it's uh it is my cross to bear so I'm there love Trader Joe's they have the best frozen food selection I have ever seen of a grocery store ever anywhere 
at any time. Love a good peruse of their uh, frozen food section. It's amazing. If you are ever feeling down or like you have no hope in the world, go to the Trader Joe's nearest you and go to their frozen food section and get some macaroons and get um, some chicken tamales and go home and put them in the microwave and you will feel better. They're phenomenal. Anyway, I'm there and I just like really enjoy certain foods of theirs are very seasonal grocery store so if I find something there that I'm really into um like I'll try it and then I will go back to every store in the tri-state area and buy out their whole supply because this is like such a microcosm of my personality once I find something that I truly and genuinely and deeply love I want to pet it and love it and just crush it and kill it no I go back and I buy the shit out of every single one that I can find because I cannot be without it example last winter excuse me not summer winter last winter I had a just shameful obsession with god I'm gonna say it and I'm just like gonna start doing weird things god it was the trader joe's butternut squash frozen lasagna sold in individual portions it was fucking delicious oh my god thinking about just gives me the tingles it was so good i made the mistake of only purchasing a few you know being sensible I got two or three or whatever. And I could never find them again. I was truly devastated. And it haunts me. And these are the things that keep me up at night. So I love to look around. I go and I'm there for a flatbread. Their flatbreads are phenomenal. They have many different kinds. They change them out every once in a while. So I like to, you know, try a little thing. Every once in a while, the... the I like to try a different one, you know, here and there because variety is the spice of life. And I go and I'm looking and I see, I stumble across this beautiful little specimen. And it's like prosciutto and arugula and buffalo mozzarella. And I'm like, "Mm, you are coming home with me. You look delicious. I don't know if you guys have ever put arugula on your pizza. Now, I don't know what my expectations were for this. I really don't. And looking back on it, I'm like, you are so fucking dumb. Like, really, what did you expect? But this is what I expected. I didn't know I expected this, but this is what I expected. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of, like, don't really acknowledge it fully, but it's in your subconscious. So when I think of arugula on a flatbread, I think of a flatbread that has just come out of a beautiful brick oven, wood-fired oven, and it's bubbly and delicious and cooked to perfection. And there's a chef over in the corner who's got your arugula. Maybe toss a little bit of parm, some balsamic, some really fruity extra virgin olive oil. Uh, maybe a little truffle oil. Toss, 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 and put right on the top of the pizza. But fresh. Fresh. Crispy. We love a little peppery leaf. Phenomenal. Absolutely stunning. Beautiful. That is not what the fuck went down with this pizza. I get it home. I'm super excited. I take it out of the box, ready to do weird things to it. And I notice that the arugula is already on the pizza and like cooked. 
Ew. Again, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Like, Gina, did you really think that, like, it was going to be, like, the flatbread with the cheese and separate arugula, separate prosciutto? Like, what did you think? Did you think that this was, like, a like a build-your-own flatbread type situation? Like, how dumb are you? And the answer is, I guess, pretty dumb. Because I think in my mind, that's exactly what I fucking thought. So it was just disgusting. If you see the buffalo mozzarella, prosciutto, arugula... Don't allow yourself to be catfish. You're better than that. Um, Really read between the lines and understand what it is that you're buying. You're buying pre-cooked arugula, and it's not fucking cute. It's actually really disgusting. Another thing I recently discovered at Trader Joe's was matcha. Oh, my God. Even just saying it, like, matcha. Matcha, 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 matcha. Sorry, I I just blacked out for a second. I am obsessed. I'm obsessed with matcha. I don't know why I slept on it for so long. I've been aware of it for quite some time now. I see all these bitches on IG like, hashtag got my matcha latte, like ready to take on the day. I'm like, oh God, I fucking hate you. But... What is this matcha latte business about? I don't know. I I just never I was just never inspired to try it. And then I don't know what happened. The spirit moved me in a weird way. And I walk by the matcha in Trader Joe's and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" And they look at it and I'm like, "You are coming home with me. I you're speaking to me right now. Like we're 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 connecting on a deeper level and I feel I feel bonded to you. So you're coming home with me." And came home with me it did. And I am obsessed. We love a matcha in my house. We love a matcha latte. We love a matcha plain. You gotta, I'm learning about the whole matcha thing now and come to find out there's a lot going on with it. There are ceremonial grade. There are, you know, your regular garden variety matcha. There's organic. There's non-organic. It really differs from brand to brand. And I'm learning what I like, and it's fun, and it's new, and I like variety in my life. I don't like to stick to the same things for so, for super long. I have some staples. I have some, like, ride or dies, but I really like to swap things out. I like to learn about things and experience new things, and, you know, there's definitely something comforting about the known. Like, I could watch the same reruns of a show 5,000 times. I... You know, if I find an album that I love, I will listen to it until I until I beat it to death. But like with my food and others, I'm just, you know, food really specifically, I love some variety. So matcha is is my new is my new obsession. And yeah, really loving it. I ran out the other day. Oh, this is a fun story. I ran out the other day. So clearly in a state of fucking panic because there cannot be a situation in my life where I am without matcha. So I run out of it. I leave my house to go get more. I'm on my way back. Quick, quick, in, out, bang, 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 get my shit. I leave, get in the car. I'm driving down the road and I'm driving on like a main road. 
and there's an overpass. And I'm, and I'm like, you know, there, there's like a light or whatever. And I look up at the overpass and there is a man on a bike wearing a yellow suit, a green mask, and a yellow matching hat. And I'm like, Jim Carrey? Is that you? No, no, it was not him. It was a psychopath that escaped from San Quentin Penitentiary in California and rode his bicycle here to kill me. Uh, this man, I could tell he was looking at me. I looked at him. We made eye contact. He was a little far away, but I could tell he made eye contact. And he um, pulls out a hand, puts his two fingers together, puts the thumb up, and you know, makes the, the sign of the air gun and looks at me, points his little air gun at me and goes, and flips his fingers up like he just fired a 45 and got the kickback. I'm like, what the fuck? Why are you here? Who are you? Did someone send you to kill me? Have you been following me? Why are you wearing that mask? I don't fuck with people wearing yellow suits. I don't fuck with people wearing green masks. I don't fuck with people riding on overpasses. I definitely don't fuck with people doing all three. What the actual fuck? I was shook, shook. But at least I had my matcha, so it was fine. So I left. I went back home. I told my husband, he's like, bitch, you're crazy. There's uh, just some kid gallivanting around town because he's fucking bored and it's coronavirus. I'm like, that's not disturbing to you? He's like, honestly, like, not really. You know, not really. Like, people, people do weird things like that. These are strange times. I'm like, you know what? Maybe you have a point. Okay. So we moved on. But thanks, guys, for listening. Um, this is just a super fun. I don't even know what the fuck I said. I really just kind of blacked out for for the last hour. I'm not even really sure what we talked about. I hope it was somewhat interesting. It's really, you know what? You know what's funny? You would think that a global pandemic was a great time to start a podcast. But turns out it was the worst fucking time because there is nothing to talk about. Nothing. Nothing. So I'm really hoping the world uh, figures out its collective shit because I don't want to stay home anymore. I'm bored as fuck. And I will go crazy. See, I'm li- I am literally going nuts. I'm literally going nuts. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I really appreciate it. Really, I cannot believe we have 100 listens, like 100 full-length listens, like across all three previous episodes. That's kind of wild to me. Um, People are finding the show organically, according to my little, like, stat thing. And that's kind of wild to me. That really is kind of wild. I was not expecting that. I was truly expecting, like two people to listen and then everyone else to just like you know tell me to go fuck myself but yeah people are listening very weird but I'm happy that's pretty cool um follow me on Instagram it's Gina Glazimitsky I will leave my handle in the description of this show uh the show is this was cheaper than therapy on Instagram and I will talk to you sexy cats and kittens next week (laughs) 